Tony, if someone dies on your watch, you don't give up. Who said we're giving up? We are for not taking responsibility for our actions. This document just shifts the blame. I'm sorry, Steve, that... That is dangerously arrogant. This is the United Nations we're talking about. It's not the World Security Council. It's not S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not Hydra. No, but it's run by people with agendas, and agendas change. That's good. That's why I'm here. When I realized what my weapons were capable of in the wrong hands, I shut it down, stopped manufacturing. Tony, you chose to do that. If we sign this, we surrender our right to choose. But if this panel sends us somewhere we don't think we should go? What if there's somewhere we need to go and they don't let us? We may not be perfect, but the safest hands are still our own. If we don't do this now, it's going to be done to us later. episode 135 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and as always, joined by marvellous fellow co-hosts, Chris and Dave. How are you both? I'm feeling Can very civil. Thank you, Becca. <laughs> I should hope so. Feeling like a warrior. <laughs> well, I'm glad you both feel that way, because this time we try to patch up our differences as we enter phase three and review Captain America Civil War, which I've written in big letters. Sorry, what? <laughs> that means you're supposed to yell it, Becca. And tonight we're covering Captain America. <laughs> yeah. I have difficulty with the volume of my voice. Um, yeah. well, if you look at the poster, and especially going into this film, it has no like title sequence, if you were. It's just like great big letters, Civil War. And then as you go through the film, every time you hop to a new country in 20-foot-high letters, Bucharest, or Germany, or Russia, or, you know, yeah. or Romania, even, instead of Bucharest. The font choice was a bit, like, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, like, for example, with, with Quantum of Solace, for example, sorry to keep referring back, but every time the font is different here, many years Yeah, but on. I didn't like that either, because it meant the film had no fucking, pers- you know... No, but here, they keep cohesion. the same font. Yeah. Well, well, it started off by giving us like a year, then it was like place ever since from then on in. Yeah, yeah. and now they're like, when are we? Somewhere in 1991. (laughs) I could have changed the theme every time. So the first time it would have been when we were. So 1991. Second time it could have said Berlin. And then third time it could have said toast and marmite because that's what they had for (laughs) breakfast. (laughs) Toast and marmite. Yeah. Eating porridge. Yeah. I, I miss the old tropes of like, you know, having like sort of just a random bit of music just to, just to give us a sense of we are. So, and um, now well, we're in China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did that at the start of the Naked Gun, didn't they? When great, <laughs> great, great bit. Of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the time they get to the fifth location, it would be five of these need a five of these lot need a piss. Oh, no. You wouldn't get away with that these days. Well, having a piss, yeah, you would. We all had an insurance wag before we started <laughs> recording. 
Because actually, me, 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 and Chris, me and Chris said we needed to go, and then we came back and started talking to you, and you weren't there, so you clearly went for an insurance wise <laughs> as well. I'd go and turn the radio on for a little puppy, don't you know? Did you turn the radio? Why is he? Is there something on on a Sunday night? <laughs> he enjoys. <laughs> oh shit! It's nine thirty on Sunday, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Doggy styles on Radio <laughs> Four. <laughs> New Scala Radio. <laughs> Don't you know? She likes Mark Kerman. Mail working for him. Honestly, on the new channel they've migrated to. Um, no, she's had an operation and she's sleeping downstairs, and she's not allowed upstairs currently. So I put the radio on for her. So it'd be my nice touch, and she quite likes it. So we're going to try and get her to sleep downstairs. All right. That's the puppy news. <laughs> Puppy news. Take that, Jerry, on some podcast. We also we have dog a, news too. We need a thing for that. Puppy news. I'll keep you posted with regular pup dates. Anyway. Anyway, yes, tonight we are reviewing Captain America Civil War, starring Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Chadwick Boseman, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, Elizabeth Olsen, <gasps> Don Cheadle, Paul Rudd, Tom Holland, Martin Freeman, and many more. With a score by Henry Jackman, not Hugh Jackman. Script by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, directed by Anthony Andrew Russo, and released 2016. Who did <gasps> play? <laughs> oh, no, no, that was <gasps> Don Cheadle. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was my. I ran out of breath. Quick, asthmatic, sharp, and take a breath. <gasps> and on we go. <laughs> but I think I read out one, two, about four or five names, and then only read out one, two, three, four, four names. So nine things, Chris. I don't have very good breath control, sorry. Yeah. Well, you are allowed to breathe while you talk. You do know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a deep breath. Chris, I was not down to you. Know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, once you get, she passes out every speech he ever gives. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a leaf out of um, your eyes only. Yeah, do right. more ice skating because it helps with breath control. I was going to say by turning down an underage woman. But... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> by standing up to get into shot. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Now put your clothes on. Buy your uh, ice cream. Buy your ice cream. Yes, put your clothes on. Buy your ice cream. Yeah. Somebody actually sat down and wrote that line. <laughs> and they finished and they went, there's appropriate dialogue. <laughs> appropriate for 1980s. Mm. So Good anyway, idea. yeah, the next time you're, uh, yeah, what we're going to do is record about another 10 of these before we finish the series. And about one from the end, we're going to sound much younger because we'll be recording Captain Marvel in the week. We'll probably make references to things that are really like old and cliche because other shit has happened since then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we just be careful who we mention. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, so so if we're like talking about Samuel L. Jackson being brilliant or something like, and it turns out that he, he's just like a huge fucking scandal over him. Yeah, I was going to say we're going to get another Bill Cosby scenario <laughs> or something. But we got, Chris Evans or something. Yeah. Or, or somebody or will die. People. We'll mention somebody. And, you know, we're losing quite a lot of our, our 90s legends right now. So it's, or somebody might pop it, unfortunately. Oh, we've lost Luke Perry, who was in a show I never watched, to be fair. It doesn't make I it any Luke less... Luke Perry, who was in Simpsons. Was he? <laughs> was that long after it was any good? He, he, no, I think he, that was he's in, not in, been in the... in the Simpsons, though. Like, 
No, he was in it once. I think he had like one line or something, and then that really? was it. <laughs> but he was Sideshow Nick Fury for a while. Actually, I'm not playing down him or his death. All I'm saying is he's best known for a show I watched a few minutes of once and concluded I didn't like. So, like, no, he's, I think you're not, of a certain age, didn't you? He's not. He, I'm the right age, but he's not really a pop culture reference to me. I've not really no. seen in anything. Obviously, now, now to you know, um, millennials. Um, he was in the original you know, Buffy he's, the he's, Vampire Slayer film. Um, to be fair, uh, in the original what? Buffy the Vampire Slayer film. You know, the one that oh, wasn't oh, with Michelle Gellar. Oh, yeah. I've never seen that either. Yeah, I think he might be actually. Yeah, it was like it, it was basically it's basically Buffy the Vampire Slayer before it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was like a, a very early nineties film. Yeah, the film. So oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, Christy Swanson in it instead. Yeah, mm. yeah no, I know of it. Uh, and it was absolutely years before. the. Uh, yeah, so who else are we losing from the 90s then, Becca? Keith Flint from the Prodigy. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the other so one. It was, on the, it, was, it was pretty much... I got those news exactly the same time. It was like, both names were 20 on Twitter. I was like, oh, oh shit, they're both fucking dead. Oh, fucking no. hell. That came from nowhere. Yeah, went no, down as... Immediately ran into the bookies and threw some quid on Liam Gallagher for the hat trick. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Would that really be the hat trick? That's it. Well, those, the, yeah, that would be three nineties deaths within days, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Right, anyway, so lifting it out of the doldrums, let's go. All right, you start, Becca. What do you think of this film? Um, I quite enjoyed this film. Um, Chris Evans' biceps have a lot to answer for. Um. Well, that's we'll Becca's review. <laughs> Chris Evans' <laughs> biceps. That hero shot. Um, no, uh, no, obviously I'm much more a uh, woman of substance rather than just... He, um, he, he does fuck a lot. See, somehow you get away with that, whereas if you'd gone, Dave, you go first, and I'd gone, Scarlet, you have spies, and that would have been it. <laughs> so, no. same she no, she has like a nice it. bottom. <laughs> of course, they all have lovely bottoms. No, sorry. Yeah, they still have a fine. Even um, Martin Freeman. <laughs> Martin, Simon in a suit. Not the first thing that springs to mind when I think of Martin Freeman in this film. But anyway, no, you? I totally okay. forgot that he was in this film. I was like, oh, it's it's him. Oh, um, I, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's very action. It's very action heavy. Um, and again, it's quite quite a busy film. I sort of remember going into this one thinking, ah, oh, you know, I. I just kind of thought, oh, it's got you know a huge number of characters in it. It's just going to be too busy, too much going on, and you've got the you know the civil war, the the, the split kind of subplot um, going into it as well. And I thought, oh, I just I was determined. I thought, oh, I'm not going to like this. I'm not going to enjoy it. It's too busy, too much going on. Can't cope. Oh, a bit overwhelmed. Um, but yeah, it was quite busy. Did find it a bit overwhelming. Um, trying to shoehorn Spider-Man in, but he was brilliant. Um, and yeah, I, I can't really you know I really enjoyed it. Um, a little bit on the action heavy side. Fabulous. We shot really well, pacing pacing really well as well. How many times can I use the word well in a sentence? But no, I, I really enjoyed this film. Dave, go for it. Okay. Well, well, well. <laughs> no uh, biceps involved. Make sure you don't scrape the bottom of the well, Dave. Okay. Well, well, that well barrel. try not to. Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, well now. Right. Well. Um, What's David I... Williams in this film? <laughs> That would be odd fucking casting. <laughs> suddenly turned up on one of the sides. Anyway, uh, when I went first, first sort of went to see this, mixed feelings. Uh, not mixed feelings in overall view, in that it was quite clearly top tier Marvel, but 
on the one hand, I was a bit disappointed because these were the guys, this this was the team that had made Winter Soldier. And I don't think it's, I don't know whether I think it's quite as good, but it's a very different beast from Winter Soldier, I think is probably the answer. But relief, because it felt like a do-over after Age of Ultron. It's like, oh, we finally got a good team up and within 12 months of a not very good team up. Mm. The other thing was I started to see the sort of bloat I was always fearing when they said this is all going to build this universe to the Avengers, you know, when we were halfway through the first phase. I just thought, what a bad idea. All these disparate people with a ton of different skills, but together they will be just grossly overpowered. We won't have enough screen time for any of them. And there's a little bit of that, only in as much as you don't have enough time with any of the characters, so they have to almost do a wave of the hand to play down why we're not seeing Pepper and things like that. Oh, we're on a break. It's mm. And I remember that line actually jarring with me, like, that's just a line because you haven't really got enough time for all of this, have you? Yeah. I mean, what, what, what got me is like, well, who cares? You just, like, just Pepper's not in this one. Like... Yeah, that, was, that was my point, really, in that I sort of, I care retrospectively now in that I think those two go quite well together. Mm. Um, but at the time, it was like, well, don't mention it then. I mean, you don't get Banner constantly going, I don't know where Betty is or whatever, just doesn't yeah. get brought up. Not that Banner's in this, of course. Um, and the other thing that really, really jarred and stuck with me, so that line stuck with me, where there was a bit of like, right, they're, they're just they're overstuffing a film now. Uh, the other thing that really jarred with me was the character introductions, and it wasn't Spider-Man. Although, I mean, I was just so excited to see Spider-Man. I was just like, oh, great, you know, because there's a chance this will be done right now. And we'll, I won't say too much more about, I, I can't avoid talking about Spider-Man and talking about this film, but obviously I'm going to talk about it more in a couple of weeks' time when we get to, to Homecoming. Um, it was Scott Lang. It was Scott Lang where they just opened a van door and there he was. And yeah. it was like, how fucking lazy is that? <laughs> <laughs> And I I was, so I didn't take against it, but I certainly at the time would have ranked it below the first Avengers film, not the first Avenger, the Avengers. I would have ranked it below the Winter Soldier. I probably would have ranked it below Iron Man and a couple of others as well, probably Guardians as well. And then over the years, I've started to just feel a bit differently about it. And I've started to sort of accentuate in my mind some of the positives I saw at the time. I mean, there's no doubt that for a, a PG-13 film in a fairly light universe. I mean, this film has arguments and consequences that actually are presented properly. I mean, first off, I find it quite interesting. Now, maybe this comes from the comic book. I don't know, because I've never read Civil War. I would imagine this is very different, because I think Civil War features Peter Parker unmasking and things like that. But... If, if it's any kind of recreation of the, the comic book, which I will read at some point, because I read some sometimes, and Civil War's been on the sort of to-do list for a while in my mind. But if at the start of, or even the end of phase one, you'd have said, right, this is going to be a film down the line, and this is what they're going to be arguing about, Steve and Tony will lead a side each. I would have guessed the other way around. 
Steve Steve was the government's boy and Tony was Mr. Anti-establishment. You know, the 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 Tony that was pissing around at the start of Iron Man 3 and being a total yeah. piss pot at court is not the guy that signs a government accords for the greater good. Um, there are some negatives in it because, again, I think we are redoing the same arc with Tony all the time. That sort of guilt and almost a little bit of almost PTSD that he, he's got over it about three times now, Iron Man 3, Age of Ultron, and this. But then I suppose Age of Ultron was a new scenario, so it, it may have caused some regression, if you like. Um, <clears throat> so I was interested by that. I thought their arguments both had merit as well. As much as you can cover it in a two-and-a-half-hour film with a cast this stacked, I, I didn't walk out thinking, well... You might have a natural inclination as a person. I mean, I know this would be Team Cap all the way, uh, without question, just because I know Chris's personality. But when you walk out, it, it's not like, well, Stark's argument carried no weight. Uh, it, it all kind of is handled very well. And there are consequences. I mean, Rhodey finishes the film paralysed. So, um, and that's rare in comic book films generally. And the film finishes on, on quite an emotional gut punch in a way that some of the, the films that are fo- some of the films around it in this universe haven't. I keep going back to this example, but I'll give it one more time and try never to give it again. But Star Trek, if you look at Generations, they were trying to save a planet that had 230 million people on it. Who gives a shit? We never meet any of them. Um by the time of Generations, which isn't a very good film, they're trying to save a village of 500 people, but we've met some of them. And I think I would compare this to Infinity War that way. I think Infinity War, yes, it wiped out half the universe. I I get all of that. But the way it was presented and the the very overstuffed nature of that film, it just didn't carry the same weight as Tony and Cap laying into each other uh, Tony, yeah, Tony and Cap, I got that right. Uh, laying into each other, and you know, I, he's my friend. I was too. Um, so there were so many strengths to this film. Uh, I thought Spidey's bit was handled perfectly. I thought introduction aside, things like you know, uh, Ant Man's bits were, uh, you know, big Ant Man's bits. Uh, really? <laughs> his bits were his bits were handled sensitively. Um, this is what you talking about, Captain's you know, biceps. You're talking about Ant Man's bits. Yes, but mine was a mistake. Yours, Chris, what are you going to mention? Yours was sheer lust. What anatomical tidbits are you going to mention? Um, Titillated. So, overall, <laughs> it, it, it's top-level Marvel, uh, but unfortunately, and it, it's it, minor gripes always stop. When I look at my sort of provisional rankings, a lot of the team-ups and, and multiple appearances from different people in the films... They're going quite high up the list, but as a general rule, that's almost despite themselves, because I just prefer a simple, well-told story to this cram everything in approach. And I felt this, I felt it more here than I did in the Avengers. That said, it's going to be in the top two or three, because on if you take it on its terms, it's all handled extremely well. Chris? Um, yeah, I am. Um... Kind of similar with Dave here. Uh, I will say, after this viewing, I think kind of cemented me for least for now. Um, this is my favourite one. I think this is the best Marvel movie. Um, just for the similar sort of reasons, this film handles so many different things. It's juggling so many different balls. It's have it's 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 
it's a big, huge blockbuster with loads of action scenes, but it's also playing around with like ideas of politics and hand, and handling a very balanced approach to both sides and arguing both sides well. Make that gives you pause for thought. Um, also, it's it justifies both sides with both those characters, like as if you would say, yeah, well. Stark would be the the one against it. He would be like, "No, fuck you, fuck you, the system." But when you think back to where these where the the, the previous films have gone, it completely justifies itself. You know, yeah, to, they haven't just pulled. They haven't just pulled it as a twist. Yeah, they haven't gone. Let's do it the other way around. Yeah, they haven't because, like, you know, Tony's like wrapped with guilt because obviously, when you think of like, say, Ultron, he's like, "Shit, I created that." Someone, yeah. something should have prevented me. Some, something needs to exist because I've been trying to rein myself in and that kind, of, that that kind of attitude, and think something needs to exist. Whereas Cap has come from the states. Well, the, the 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 team I was working for, Shield, has been basically was the enemy all along. You know, it's, it's you know it's been corrupted. You know, through no fault of his own. So how can I trust one big organization? You know, so it's it. You know, it, when you throw in also personal other things as well, like you know, in terms of like traditional American values with cap or whatever, that you know, there's all these things play a part, and I think they're both argumented really, really well. Not only that, it's a huge fucking cast, as, as you say, and everyone gets the fucking moment, and it and it does not feel that stuffed. Like, you know, I mean, sure, there'll be, like, things here and there you make, oh, maybe that could have been done better, whatever. But, by and large, this is all done pretty fucking rackers. I'm, like, I, I can also stand in awe of it because it, it's almost seamless. It's almost like they've... The, the Russo brothers have, like, worked through every other aspect and it just goes off without a hitch. Um, and I think it's... I mean, when I first saw it, I was... You know, I wasn't like in awe of it as everyone else was as, as an initial reaction, but I think I was largely down to that. I was late seeing it. Mind, you know, busy, busy time of year doing do uni and full time work, so my mind wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm not that hyped by anything. Uh, saw it, I thought, well, clearly, as you say, Dave, it's clearly top tier, but you know, I'm I'm not sure where I stand with it really. But I thought, yeah, it was def- definitely great. Uh, but it's only like now in recent years, I think. Fucking hell! Yeah, this is actually really fucking. I mean, good. It, it doesn't have the same sense of occasion, obviously, as a, as an Infinity War no. because that is get that is getting to the part and the pun end game. It yeah. is getting to the end of everything we've built towards. So there's there's a sense of not only a, a, a occasion, but it, it almost becomes like a what's the word? Almost like a lifetime achievement award. You know, mm. even after like 10, 11 years, you go, you built all that and you got to this. Mm. And Infinity War is ludicrously over stuff and still yet works. Yeah. I, I don't think it works as well, but I will say unreservedly now, it's be- this, is, this is a better film than Infinity War. Infinity War has the luxury of knowing it has a part two. So you have you, you do have that crab out of like, oh, all right, well, we know we're leading somewhere. But yeah, yeah I, I, for, it is all set up as well. But yes, uh, but yeah, I, as of now, like I, I, I think this film is it because I like 
like I think most people were a bit concerned like is this going to be over stuff are you are you trying to do too much in one film bear in mind this film is like not only is, is in juggling like two is it's got like Cat and Iron Man essentially in the same film so it's basically like a, a combo of the two also you got all the other Avengers you, you're juggling around two like two ideas you got the personal stuff involved in that with uh, Bucky uh, and not only that you, you actually reintroduce Spider-Man to the universe, Black Panther, and on top of that, you have also like a villain who's actually, even though it's not as showy, but I think is equally quite, a, actually pretty well thought out villain and actually worth worth its merit. Uh, it's, you had it, to remind me who the villain was and what his what his plan was when we were chatting offline a while back. So I do think the villain's relatively unmemorable. I, I I think he he is because he's not um he's not showy he's not like he's not like a Loki he's not like could be because because re, really I think that the film's true villain not in a proper traditional sense it is Stark in the sense that it is a Captain America film um, and a lot of his driving emotions are, is a is basically it's not to say his ideas are wrong it's just that he's is. Is he's doing it for the wrong reasons, so to speak? Uh, I think, and that doesn't, and that's not, that's not a knock on like you know the the stuff that he's. I think that was another for. thing when I first saw it. You know, I, we'll talk about it as we go scene to scene in a bit. But you know, Alfred Woodard in a in a throwaway scene, and I'm, and then we were straight onto something else. And when you watch it and you actually think about what the film's doing, it's all very logical and it's all building mm. through quite. Normally, but again, when you when you walk out the first time, um, and there's a natural inclination in my mind to slightly try to correct for ridiculous hype anyway, because the, the 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 talk around Civil War was was madness, and I was like, yeah, but they made a better film two years ago. Whether they did or not, we'll talk about what we rank at the end. But I, I I was just thinking, well, you've raced through this, and you've had the oh, we're on a break about Pepper, and then you've had this quick scene with Alfie Woodard, who's a name actor, to just appear for a minute, and then and then suddenly you've opened a van door, and there's you know Ant Man and so on, and and I thought there were problems, and then the villain is kind of forgettable as is his plot, but the, now I think about it, I, I've picked on Ant Man, and that's slightly unfair because they've introduced Black Panther who is a major marquee part of this universe now, and they introduced him really well. And they introduced Peter Parker. And if you make the leap that an, a, a, a middle-aged man has gone and sort of pulled a kid out of his home to go and do this, which is a bit dodgy, uh, if you, you know, just, just from a child safety perspective, if you if you go with that, that's handled really well. So it's nice it's nice not to have like oh another fucking origin story it's nice to kind of like all right well let's just go straight into it <laughs> he's, he's already got his powers he's already doing it you know i think if the garfield films hadn't happened Definitely. i'd be fine with it because the thing is we're now getting to such an age that you go well they did an origin story we got mm. those but you think every generation is different that you know let, let's do one for them but of course the garfield films were this decade and yeah. only four. The first one was only four years before this. It wasn't necessary. You can you can build on it, and you know without giving too much away, it's kind of it's a similar principle with Captain Marvel. She's sort of sort of in situ. She's not complete, but she's sort of in situ. Um, it's not a pure origin story in the same way. Marvel have been very good at sidestepping it, even with things like the Incredible Hulk. 
we didn't quite get an origin story in the normal way. So, yeah, I think years on, I think it, it's a better film than I thought it was at the time. I always liked it. All I'm saying is it's not perfect, but very little ever is. No. I mean, what, what we'll say without Zemo is, um, in a slight defence, while I do agree that he is not memorable, though that's kind of part of the point, almost, because I think it... Because it, I say Tony is like really like the, the true main... You know, in in terms of like how the film works, it's about their relationship yeah. with each other. He is like the main antagonist. I won't say villain; he's the antagonist. Throw Thanos into it, could you? No, no, no. You couldn't throw Thanos in. Yeah. But Zemo is actually quite, uh, quite almost like thoughtful, even though he's kind of very working at the side. But he's mature. Is he's, he's a mature? You know, it's not like oh well, let's let's just have like a villain who wants to blow up the world or whatever. He's like, it is quite a personal vengeance driven guy. And, and he's just like an antagonist to set up certain things really. And that's kind of quite mature. I think it's actually quite a well thought out. Well, it's also, it's, it adds to the cohesion of the universe because it's Mm -hmm. all about, uh, Sokovia again. And again, there are, uh, you know, Steve towards the end, you know, when he's getting the shit kicked out of him, stands up and says, I can do this all day. And you mm-hmm. think, yeah, they, they, they are paying full um, debt to where this has all come from and, and calling back to other things. I, I think the other thing at the time, um, there were just lots of things. I mean, they killed skull crossbones off in the first scene. And I was just, mm-hmm. there was just an element of, I like all of this and I like bits of it. But I'm not sure how well this coheres, and and actually, like I say, years on, has the has the Marvel Cinematic Universe missed Scott Crossbones? Not particularly. No. So it it really doesn't matter. And obviously, we've had a Black Panther film since we've had a Spider Man film since, and it all adds to it. And then you think about the Peggy Carter stuff from Winter Soldier, which was so so affecting, you know, at the time, and we we were moved. We were moved to make a blowjob joke, but we were moved. <laughs> you were moved. Um, <laughs> and I had to stand up and sit back down again. I was that moved. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but of course it falls into this and, and Peggy's thinking and philosophy in life uh, informs Steve's. And that dialogue could mm. have been really on the nose. You know, the way Sharon talks from the sort of pulpit, whatever they call it, at the funeral. Well, yeah, it's fairly on the nose, but it's done as well as you're ever going to do it. So, yeah, I, I I haven't got many complaints now that matter. I've got plenty of things I can nitpick, but mm. just nothing that matters. And this is what a team up should be. If if Age of Ultron was what I feared um, a team up film could be, i.e., lots lots of silly jokes, no fucking um, stake, no 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 stakes that you feel. And a feeling of the whole thing being a bit of an overstuffed mistake. Mm. Uh, this is what a team up film could be, and and I heard some complaints at the time, particularly with the fight at the airport, that like you know com- comparison pictures with some of the fights in the comics. Well, unless you're going to have a cast of two hundred, uh, this is this is about as stuffed as it's going to be, and it and it's all handled really well. There's lots of threads going on in that fight, and it's done well. Yeah, I mean it's all done very well. I mean even down to. Um... The, the side characters. I mean, I think you know they even t- like tied in like you know character progression with um, Scarlet Witch. You know, and the, what one in one of the the bits of dialogue with uh, Vision where she's like about to escape is like when he makes the point of they will never they they, they will if if you are now they will always fear you and it's like well it's like well I 
can't control what they think. I can only control what you know my you know my own fear, which which is like again another. You don't always get that, even from side characters. You know, it's it's like that. That's like a yeah. I mean, they've sat down. It it it's almost it, this film does not feel like TV. So that's not what I'm saying and what I'm about to say. But it's almost like they've written like a TV start show style bible for mm. these characters, because the characters act with consistency and internal logic at all times. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you, you, you even got um, even down to uh, Falcon and uh, Bucky being like, almost like competing for their friendship for Cap. <laughs> you know, that's why they all have those like internal like. Um, <laughs> like a uh, uh, conflicts with each other because like they kind of the, the two best mates but who's the better best mate but it, it didn't <laughs> get off to the strongest start Steve and Tony's uh Steve and Tony's friendship it didn't get off yeah. to the strongest start they had to earn that friendship mm. which means that when it's in danger we've seen them go through all the hard work to get to where they are just to sort of throw it away yeah so it it's got so much more weight for that the the, the one thing I would just a bit and it's not, and it's not. It could be something that I might have missed, and someone could prove me wrong in this. Uh, the line of when he says, uh, "I thought I was too." I never really felt that Tony really was a, a friend. And I don't know if that maybe that was just something that he that we just misinterpreted, or even like Cat misinterpreted. Like I would never Tony thought. had a lonely. The, the implication to me has always been Tony had a fairly lonely childhood. Yeah, he was a rich kid away from everybody else. Uh, he would have been a genius as a kid, which probably would have made it him struggle to fit in until maybe his teen years, where he could sort of treat it with alcohol and stuff like that, and get out and party with people. Um, and he was always chasing his father's uh, approval. I think. Tony needs, and this is where the the logic of these films, where the depths of these films, you can read so much into it that may or may not even be there, but there's an internal depth to all the characters, their thinking, and there's an internal life to them all. Yeah, like a psychological aspect. Like uh... Steve had a lot of illness growing up, but he had a normal, safe upbringing, and he had childhood friends. Tony needs. Tony needs Steve more than Steve needs Tony. Mm. And actually, that's completely consistent with this film. Do you, do you think... No, I've seen that, because he, cause obviously there's the connection with... Obviously, Steve knew his father, and his father like always banged on about it because that's what Tony always says. That he's yes. kind of... He, in, in the absence of his father, do you think he maybe, like, in, in a sense, has the same hostility towards his father as he did to Steve? Um, but the same thing, like, that's kind of what he really wants he wants steve's approval <laughs> in a weird way in a weird kind of twisted way well bear in mind as well I, I don't know that i can answer that question but it's almost led me on to another thought on it tony had to make the choice to be a superhero mm. in that he didn't have to become iron man and when he did decide when he did desi- decide he was going to be iron man he didn't necessarily have to tell the world the truth about yeah. it. There was a cover story ready from S.H.I.E.L.D. Thinking back on it now, and this may be a retrofit, if Captain America was really a hero of his father's, as years went by, not at the time, but as years go by and you start um, getting these golden rose-tinted sort of specs memories of an era and talking about oh, what a wonderful man the world's first superhero was... 
I do wonder if Tony's decision to take up the Iron Man mantle was was actually a a way of pleasing his father beyond from beyond the yeah. grave, if you know what I mean. Yeah, doing something he knows that were his father there to see might make him feel the same way about him as he perceives his father feels about Steve. Yeah. Could be like part of what we said with in terms of like when we viewed Avengers, like the fact that he secretly knows he's better than that Cap's better than him. And that's why he kind of he's a bit hostile towards him. But I would agree. So with that shall we discuss the film sequentially? Yes. So we start in 1991, um, somewhere on a random place in the middle of nowhere, by uh, a bunch. Well, but it's basically with um, uh, the Winter Soldier. Who'd have thought Hydra were a bunch of commies? I don't know what I would think. I don't know what I. I mean, I mean, I mean, you see the red star, so I was like trying to think. Hang on, I thought he was Hydra. What's all this Russian stuff coming from? Yeah, I just wonder. I was thinking, hold on a minute. Hydra are kind of like. I mean, it's meant to be kind of a mix of like Nazism, fascism, whatever. But they're kind of separate. Obviously, they're, they're working with the Nazis, for example. But it's kind of separate to like communism, for example. Um, but yeah, I was like, huh? What's going on here? Is that suddenly a mesh of history? Or, or, or they infiltrated that aspect, or that was it a front? I don't know. I don't know but. I mean, I guess it's all in the comics because, like, uh, I guess communism is all Hydra. Yes, all Hydra's fault. <laughs> so it's all true, generally. <laughs> I'd, I'd never really thought about it to be honest with you. You're absolutely right, but then Win- Winter Soldier evokes a kind of communist feel, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I suspect that that's kind of what it is. It's uh, a. Yeah. He's got the red star okay. on his arm, and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, we we basically have we we see him get. That we introduced like the fact of the the code that that sets him off. And... Yeah, this is for anyone who hasn't seen it. This is just a sequence of words that trigger him, that trigger something in his brainwashing that makes him completely compliant. So, and then we see him yeah, before. Just, there's a certain there's certain words in a certain sequence. Mm. The meaning of which will become clear as time goes on. Um, I think I could infer it though at the time. I just I think I inferred that. Okay, that they're, they're they're triggering him somehow. Yeah, just little key words. Uh, and what is it he's got to do? Intercept a car that's carrying. Well, I don't know if we know it at the time, but again, I inferred that was Super Soldier Serum. I'm yeah. sure I did at the time. Yeah, so it's like a vial of, of serum. I think yeah, because yeah, you, you have to settle with There's the uh, with the other program. quote unquote witness soldiers. So it yeah. would have been a type of similar thing. It would be that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then do we go straight to, um, is it, it's, uh, Scarlet Witch having a coffee. Scarlet Witch having a coffee. Which also think, hanging out with, think, um, Cap that's, and Sky Joe. That's script writing 101. Scarlet <laughs> Witch has a coffee in the first act of every film, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> it's good fun. Yeah. No, we go straight into it there, where you've got kind of Cap with S.H.I.E.L.D. or Avengers, what, what you will. Their, their it's, the, it's the Avengers. It's it's the Zippy from Rainbow lineup, isn't it? From the end of Age of Ultron. Well, it is basically Team Cat, but with Scarlet Witch. Even though Scarlet Witch is kind of in the middle of it all, but but I think Scarlet Witch was. If you look at the end of Age of Ultron, I think this is that lineup. Yeah. Uh, we don't have we Vision. And you don't have War Machine. You don't have Vision. Yeah, but Vision's at home, dressing smart casual. 
Yes. Re- re- retired 1950s tennis player chic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll leave leave our, our, like our, our most powerful uh, member who can literally do anything. Yeah, we'll just leave him at home. Three bloke with some wings. They've got to be good. Yeah, the Wanda Max. I thought they handled Wanda fairly well here, so to speak. Yeah. Um, in that, again, she's a character that's uh, a danger in terms of being overpowered. But of course, that's assuming you're in complete control of your powers at all time. Hmm. Anything straight, Doctor Strange, which we'll get to next, is a bit like that. And we'll see when I review it, but review it, not review it. Um, because I, I remember thinking his skill set was a bit of a movable feast, and I couldn't get a handle on what he could and couldn't do in each scenario but with Wanda I think it is a little bit clearer if she's close enough to you she can do a bit of mind control but at at distance it's basically force fields and telekinesis isn't it yeah it's like uh, manipulating certain things so it's that kind of thing isn't it Um, yeah yeah she can move things with her mind don't you know yeah um, this sequence is all really well done it's Mm. because it's it's what Sokovia almost should have felt like in that it's a it's a hotter environment. It's Lagos. Um, it's very it's very street level. It's very packed with people, so it, mm. it that sells a bit of um, peril. But it's also the fact I think they're clearly in a fairly poor part of the world, and so you've got what comparatively would look like relatively affluent. Uh, privileged people there. Shaping. So it's a big city in, in Nigeria, isn't it? As well, a lot of um, a lot of all the um, like entrepreneurs, um, a lot of you know famous musicians, uh, movie stars, and that coming out of coming out of Lagos. So. Yeah, but I don't think the film uh, shows us that. I think no, it's, 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 it's us, the other side of the coin. It shows us a poor part with, with yeah. a bunch of like privileged Americans there yeah, uh, interfering exactly. in their fate. You can see how this Sticking is setting up, this. You can see how this is setting up the narrative that's coming. Exactly. Yes, yeah, it's a narrative of microcosm, isn't it? It did have just uh, as we can continue on. I think it did have a bit of a for me when I watched it tonight as a bit of a bond on a mission thing going on. Like it, it felt, I yeah. felt like you know, and that's what made me think. After oh, we're supposed to do a bond film, that'd be spot on. <laughs> Yeah. Did have that kind of to thing be like... honest, at the moment, anyone doing a bond <laughs> film would. Be... <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Anyone competent, please. Yeah. Theoretically, they're about to film Any, one. Anyone competent with a vision, on... please. Yeah, yeah. Anyone co- just competent will do. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who won't be like twenty years older by the time they finish. So yeah, th- this sequence is. It, what is Crossbones trying to do here? Because basically, there's some kind of Hydra thing going on here. Is it some kind of heist? Oh, is it Hydra? I thought is he doing his own thing. Well, I suppose it could be. It could be like a split cell or something. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's only that he was. He's, he he, was he's Hydra basically within he's basically seeing like he's basically stealing biological weapons or like or gas or some sort, isn't he? Um, stealing gas. He's been watching Bottom, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it's, okay. it's basically like a thing, like you know, a biological weapon of of some sort. Okay, so it, the stakes are fairly high then. Um, and this is just a, 
I don't know how much of the detail we want to get into here. I mean, they 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 work quite well together. They've all yeah. got their skills. It did a really um, good job at establishing them as a team working together using it. that. That's number four. Thing of yeah, four, this really is good. the this is the in universe ex- explanation for Wanda losing her accent. She's um spent a lot of time around Natasha. Mm-hmm. Um, and also she's got to blend in places, so that's why she sort of dropped the accent over time. You can still uh, sense a little bit at the end, though, a little bit, but yeah. you see it softening. Um, but I mean, I can't, I've not read any Black Widow comics, so I'm, I'll be very interested to see what the film tells us about her because I think she must have had some some reduced form of the serum as well because she definitely has heightened powers. She The way she moves and takes people down is is heightened over what a normal human being can do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Sam Wilson has got that little bird thing that he flies around. Um, and Wanda is constantly popping into things and sort of making pulling people over and sort of stopping projectiles mm. and so on. It's, it actually works kind of well with Cap sort of at the centre of it. And at least it established here that they can all talk to each other before the action all kicked off. Because in the Avengers, that was rather confusing. When they all of a sudden were able to talk to each other, it's like, when did, when did this happen? <laughs> Particularly the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Where's your earpiece? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, going, Hulk. <clears throat> um, yeah, okay. so... This ends in, um, I think he was trying to, he, he, he was basically ends in a suicide bomb, doesn't it? Mm. But her trying to contain it accidentally flings him into the side of the building mm. and it kills several, we later find out, Wakandans. Yeah, and it's it's done really well because um, you can easily see the potential to, to try and, you know, leave the situation, but obviously it just goes wrong. And you go, oh shit! It, it's very relatable to to an extent, even though it involves killing. That people. happens in the real world. I mean, not literally, in yeah. this, But you know, how many times somebody goes in to free some hostages, everyone ends up dead. It, it just happens. Things go wrong sometimes, yeah. don't they? And it, it even, yeah, even from like, a, oh shit! But what do you do? You know, and the and the look on the um, look on her face as it happens, it's just it sells you it. Okay, so that was that. That's that sequence. So that's an entirely appropriate setup for everything. I say at the time, mm. I got a bit. Hang on a minute. What's the point of setting up Crossbones and killing him immediately? But mm. three years on, who cares? Um, do we go straight to Tony Tony uh, on stage at MIT? I think so. Yes. Was this the first time we'd seen de-aging software in the Marvel Universe? I can't think of any other examples before this. X-Men. No, Marvel Universe. (laughs) Marvel, not shit. Ant-Man. Not crap. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I remember sort of seeing this uh, when it came out. I was like, obviously, a a few years ago. I was like, oh, that looks a bit creepy. I always do uh, think that like de-aging does look a little bit like... "Mm." I didn't. I thought... But yeah, it it looked all right. He was was famous at the this time uh, in well, his exactly, life so yeah, it's, it's, I thought, I thought it looked had, bang on he's had a long career hasn't he so yeah. I thought it was bang on they were able to go back to when he had a when he had a when he was a wild child um, well it's, it's similar to Ant-Man isn't it it's the same sort of oh that's true yeah um, oh, I know we're gonna oh, Gordon Gecko. Oh, that's what I was saying I've lost track of what we're doing because I, wa- I watched Captain Marvel the other day and we're reviewing films here and I'm getting confused by sequences <laughs> we're out of sync uh, Ant-Man, sorry, we saw it in the very last film, sorry. 
Um, but that was a couple of weeks ago because we did a commentary last week. So yes, this isn't the first one. This I thought this looked really really good, and it's actually Tony showing a memory he can sort of manipulate. Which again, thinking about it, you'll see a flavour of that in Captain Marvel when you get to it. Um, The sort of malleable memory because his mother's talking to him but she's talking to him as though you know what's about to happen i.e you'll never see us again we're about to be killed so it's it's his mind and memory sort of talking to itself uh which i thought was quite uh brutal and raw a thing for tony to do to an audience full of students <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a personal thing isn't it <laughs> Yeah, I thought, how open is that? You know, um, beautifully done. And I'm always, uh, I hope Davis plays his mother. I think that's the first and only time we've seen her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seen her in loads of things, but uh, I can't think very much of what off the top of my head. I think she might have been in About Schmidt a few years ago, the Jack Nicholson film. But yeah, this is just basically he finishes that little presentation and then tells all the students he's funded all their projects Yay, so again tony's trend of just throw money at everything it's like oprah, nice. you get a project you get a project you get a project yeah, yeah he, he's basically oprah that's <laughs> yeah. white male oprah and, um, sorry I, 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 yeah. and I mean then, that in the best possible taste <laughs> i'm just gonna offend everybody i'm gonna be quiet now <laughs> That doesn't work on an audio format, Becca. No, I know, but next time, you know. Yeah, so there we, where we meet Octavia Spencer. Um, she's in another Marvel film. Is she in Black Panther? It's not Octavia Spencer, is it? Not Octavia Spencer, sorry. Um, it's Alfred Woodard, isn't it? Yes, Alfred Woodard, sorry. I was going to say Alfred Woodard. It's the one from that mediocre Star Trek film people inexplicably like. Yes. <laughs> it's because she was in it, that's why. She was very good in that film, actually. And that's why they like it. Yeah, uh, she's lost her son in uh, the whole Sokovia thing. Uh, with, I get confused with later bits of this film. But her son was this on some charity thing, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Study some, thing? Yeah, kind of like helping build, building homes or shelters yeah. for for the five yeah. people in that area. And, uh, and It's always he... something heartwarming. She, she didn't say like he was over there for sex tourism, did she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, that gets to him, though, and I think Danny plays that really, really well. Yeah, I mean, it is it's a bit like guilt-led, though, isn't it? It's very much like, well, uh, yeah, I, I did sit through that game, but what what do you expect him to do? I mean, I get the whole maybe he's also responsible because of he made Ultron, I guess. So, yes, but... Um, he's just funded a whole generation of people trying to do good things. What else yeah. do you want him to do? And, uh, yeah, it's just like, well, my... My son died because while you were trying to stop someone from destroying the rest of the world, it just it just seems a bit well, all right. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can, but obviously, I think because he created Ultron, it's that thing that makes him go shit. I'm still responsible. Yeah, yeah. they created Ultron, and then it's implied or not some cr- a criticism of the way they handled the whole situation yeah. on the day as well, I suppose. But um, I, I get it, but obviously we need that to say. I, I just felt again that, okay, it, it, Sokovia happened after the earlier events of that film, obviously, because it's Act 3, and it also happened after Iron Man 3. 
but I'm getting tired of the whole PTSD, pain, guilt, stroke, guilt, Tony thing. I think to a degree, this film in does a better job of any of the other films are doing that though. Largely, Much better. Largely because you have the it, it bounces off Cap as well. You know, with it with his with his character and his ideology. You know where where he stands on things. It's it's almost like bat like how Batman and Superman works better because it's like they both bounce off each other. The in terms of like they have yeah. like and of course this worldviews. is the same this is the same year as Batman versus Superman and and, and actually yeah. around the same time of year as well. And it's worth pointing out that you know they that had not very good. Not only is it not very good, but you couldn't see their point of view on anything either. <laughs> you know when when when. Batman, who's supposed to be the world's greatest detective, is wound up by an idiot and basically fired at Superman, which is effectively what happens. You go, what a pair of piss pots. So by comparison, where you've got a, a film built around an internal ag- antagonism between like our main leads, um, and it's handled this well, that to see it done badly within the same couple of months... I think really, really tells you how easy it would have been to screw this up. Mm. Particularly as, you know, if someone said to me, Civil War, you know, I've always known it as a comic book series. It's the sort of thing I would imagine being seeded over several entries across different imprints, even different titles, and slowly sort of coalescing. The idea that you were going to do this in a couple of hours after they were all perfectly chummy at the end of the last film yeah. I think, yeah, this is actually so well done. We're only minutes into the film at this point, and we've already got a setup as to why this is coming and what Tony is going to do about it. Um, the next thing is obviously going to be what we don't know what Steve's reaction is going to be yet. Yeah. Uh, and, and then don't we, we get the, uh, the, the scene with the accord, don't we? Don't we, yeah, uh, don't we Ross. get, don't we get. I get confused between films, and I've seen this today, but don't we get virtual Ross? Or, oh, no, he goes there in person, doesn't he? Yeah, he goes there in person, yeah. Um, which, one, which one is he virtually? It might be Infinity War, I can't remember now. Um, yeah, first time we've seen him since The Incredible Hulk. So The Incredible Hulk is in canon. They aren't ashamed of it. They just, you know, separate from years. And just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course, you haven't got Banner there looking a bit sheepish either. No. It's like, all right. Have you done something different with your hair, Bruce? You look totally different than last time I saw you. Uh, yeah, they're going to the U. Uh, Those gamma the rays UN. really had an effect on you. The UN are going to pass uh, accords named after the Sokovia thing, so the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. And the Sokovia Accords are basically uh, a, a panel of oversight. So anytime the Avengers go to do anything now. It's going to need to be signed off by sort of UN oversight. Mm. I think that's what they're saying. Um, And actually, Thunderbolt Ross is currently US Secretary of State. So he's come a long way from sort of senior. He's become a very senior politician in the interim. Uh, and the and basically the two the it's visually quite good because they're split either side of the table. You got Tony sat at the back, but you, the the other two, the the two sides are split either side of the table. Well, you have uh, um, oh, I didn't notice that. Which side is Black Widow on? Uh, she's Tony's side. 
until very late in the film. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't. I've I've always got to think about it with this film. Who's on what side? But yeah. Um, and Steve is arguing that well, no governments change. It's all very well saying we're going to have oversight, but who are the overseers? It, it yeah. is who watches the watchers. Exactly. Uh, like you said, like you know, people, you know, people, organizations have ideas, and ideas change, and you know. I know. Who, and Chris who, is in the cinema saying, "You fucking tell him, Steve." Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, what, what, what if we need to go somewhere? They won't let us. You know what happens then? Yeah. What, what do we do? People are going to die. Are we going to leave it? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And Tony is just saying, "Well, we do. We, you know, we've got blood on our hands, really. Like I created Ultron. This place was devastated off the back of it. Um, and so that that's set that up. I think that's more or less that whole thing. They're they're going to have to sign this. Yeah. Or 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 not. Simple yeah. as that. It, it's like so. It's like it, it, they do make a point the fact that well, okay, well, you are like a." A national threat. It's like you know, you are a weapon of mass destruction to a degree. Like these individuals are have, have these capabilities, so we need certain things in place to make sure that you just don't go and you know. The inference, of course, is if they don't sign and then act, or they even sign and act against it, they are then fugitives. Yeah. Which which so, uh, which which Scarlet Witch kind of like politely asks, <laughs> and, uh, and it's it's that yeah okay well it's not really much of a choice is it? No, I just I I don't know that that was the only thing in this whole scenario that leads you to team Cap apart from your own prejudices. Yeah, the fact that Thunderbolt Ross has only been seen once in this series and he was an asshole. So the very fact he's trying to sell this kind of makes me less than less. But it, it makes to sense it. for him to sell it to, to be like that, though, as well. I mean, if we're going to be, it's true to his character. He would be like, "Fuck you, up. you know, you need you need reining in because you know I have to deal with fucking Hulk. I need to fucking rein in." Yeah, he was a right bell end. You see what he did. <laughs> I, I, I think it's all done really really well at this stage. Though. I'm not quite sure where we go from here. Where do we go from there? Because I know we must have some. We must we, have some. We go uh, where Cap gets uh, a message, and then he, oh, has, he, to, he has to. Yeah, he has to go to uh, uh, England. And then, and it's very dreary and raining and grey and yeah. horrible. <laughs> a, a, a jaunty British anthem, and then straight to a funeral. Um, yeah, a shot of a yes. shot of Big Ben. And Potter. a very important funeral, sadly. Yes. Peggy Carter has died. Well, she was old, Becca, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wondered if they ever realised... <laughs> like, we said in the other podcast, I wonder if she ever realised that... Oh, she's shagging in front of her. Uh... <laughs> oh. Oh, so yeah, Steve's just mopping his bride going, Christ for that. If she'd had a moment of clarity, I'd be fucked. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, glad we've just uh, brought back up the second most tasteless thing we've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> what is it Sharon says? But whatever she says really cements Steve's faith in his own position. 
And he's uh, like, it was because if people want you to move, plant yourself like a tree and go, no, you move. Yeah, it's it's, it's that what it is. Yeah, it was, it was basically because she was like uh, a female, you know, so she was like surrounded by people who told her that she couldn't do it. Yeah, she so couldn't do that. Off the basis of that, so it, and it's that. So, no, of, I'm going to do my job and be bloody good at it, so you can. It, it's, sort of. Yeah, it's basically sort of like standing by your beliefs or your principles. If you if something you yeah. feel is, is right, then you need to, despite what the world might push you against them, you need, you, know, you need to say plant like a tree. Push them back. Yeah, and de- and right. dead them to move kind of thing. So that, that that kind of kind of solidifies his decision in not signing. Sure, uh, she could have rung him up and told him that he had to go all the way to the England <laughs> just to have that moment of thinking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, I, I, we... I did like the sort of acknowledgement that uh, Falcon like gives. It's like gives gives Cap a nudge like, oh, what? She's a... <laughs> she's. She they related? Say what? <laughs> you don't say. It's like, like say so you didn't know. <laughs> but anyway, well, they don't look alike, do they? No, but whatever. <laughs> and she never introduced herself with "I hear you shagged my aunt" or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah no, I don't give them too hard a time over that. To be fair, um. I think we cut back to Zemo now, don't we? Well, we have, um, uh, oh, not, uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Black Widow comes in, um, they have a little sort of talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. And then, I've like, she said, like, yeah, yeah so, the, <clears throat> which is kind of like, we says, oh, I can't, you know, I can't sign it. It's like, and she's, up, she's on the decision of doing it, just to keep everyone together. Uh, You've got, I think because they've had more screen time together than most. Yeah. Because of the Winter Soldier, I think you have to have a scene where you get some idea she's going to go in a different direction because it's it's counterintuitive. She's a bit of a renegade as well, so yeah. it's a bit counterintuitive for her to turn up on on Tony's team. Mm. I mean, I, so, I, I I get her thinking because I think she's going with the wind. Like she's like, right, well, it's important that we stay together regardless, and we can figure it out later on. Um, yes. Yeah. Let's buy ourselves time by just going along with this. Yeah. And, it makes uh, sense. But ultimately, she said, "Like, look, you know, I don't want you to be alone." And you see, Cap kind of start getting a little bit teary. He, he does. He does that sad sort of head bobbing, where he looks like he's about to sort of like. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I think we go to Zemo next. Okay. This is he. Um, he effectively. What does he do? He goes and gets. Um, oh, this is this is where he he, he kills a Hydra agent. Yeah, he he kind uh, of like he's trying to get the book. He's he fakes a car crash, book. and then yeah. like, oh, sorry, I've run into car. Can I have your insurance details, please? Okay, then yeah, but it's to get, it's all to get this book, isn't it? Yeah, that's got trigger words, uh, and he ends up hanging him upside down, sort of give waterboarding him a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kills him, drowns him eventually. Mm-hmm. Last word to Hail Hydra. So he's got the book. Uh, and then I think we go to... Because my gut feeling... I, it's only I thought we haven't seen Zemo for a while. I think we go to the ratification of the Accords. A UN sort of council. And we're properly introduced to the sort of uh, Wakanda royal family. Yeah. you got T'Chaka and T'Challa. T'Chaka being the king. King T'Chaka. Yeah. Who, I don't know what happened to his, to his eyes between this and the, and his appearance in Black Panther because he looks quite different here. 
Uh, and Black he Panther's does undergo a bit of a change, doesn't he? Black but... Panther's set like two weeks after this as well. Um, yeah, he does look. Does he have an upgrade? Different. Well, something's happened to his eye. Something yeah, like, hey, about a stroke or something. I don't know. Yeah, they're about to do this, and there's a bombing. So T'Chaka is killed, and T'Challa's now 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 king, but he's also now Black Panther. Now, given what we know from Black Panther itself, I don't know when he took the serum or the flower or whatever to make him Black Panther. But there you go. Well, I think it's, it's in this film. He says oh, it's like a, it's a mantle that's passed from one to the next. So it's like King or Black Panther. So he's he's adopted, adopted that yeah, mantle. Yes, so we understand he becomes Black Panther upon the death of his father. But there's a but ceremony of, to give him the, treat, the, the yeah, flower the that will give him the powers. He has the treatment. He, I don't know. He, he, must, <laughs> he must have just taken a quick snort. Well, behind the, behind well I, I, I think he's five tenths. He is the ruler, but he is like uh, he's he's the Black Panther though. He's the acting Black Panther while he's still the king. Do you know what I mean? Because he's he's classed as the bodyguard, <laughs> you know, quote unquote. Right. Okay. All right. So we'll assume he was just getting ready to assume the throne, and perhaps your successor takes over when you're a certain age or something. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll go Interim with that. Black Panther. A really, a really like really important role, but it's temporary. <laughs> I just think that's. Uh, Sorry, that just made me laugh. I don't think it's that it's no. I think it's that it's to become. He will be, but he. he yeah, is, no, no. I, I yeah, sorry, it's just because it's late and it took it out of context. But no, I think that's that's it's really important. I think. So that puts Black Panther on the side of Tony because. Because uh, uh, it's Bucky paint, is it, set up as. Yeah, Bucky is taken on all the security footage as having been there. We later find out it wasn't him. Yeah, it was a prosthetic face. In fact, the the doctor or whatever it was that um, he, Zemo kills to sort of stand in for him is actually um, one of the Russos. One of the Russos played that role. Mm. Um, I forget which one. Okay, so now we've got. Um, they're, they're going after Bucky, so Steve goes to basically protect him, doesn't he? Yeah. And um, T'Challa is after him. Um, but basically, we have like a pretty decent action scene, really, where Bucky, uh, Bucky's trying to <laughs> the get other away. The thing and... about this film is how, how you lose it. Once you've got everyone there, it's difficult to do this. So by Infinity War, this is harder to do, and you've got to split them up into smaller teams. Mm. But kind of Bucky and Steve for obvious reasons and Spider-Man a bit later largely because he's inexperienced because I think his base strength is a bit stronger but certainly Black Panther as well is they're all pretty evenly matched yeah they're all pretty evenly matched they've got slight variations on their skill sets I think of the ones I've just named there I think Spider-Man might be inherently the strongest but he's just a kid at this stage um, so yeah, it's a big action sequence that ends in a. There was a, a lot of different films evoked by all this because it's a bit of a chase, and it, it, you know, once they start going towards tunnels, it's very dark night. I mean, it starts off kind of a bit like you know, Born Identity to an extent. Rooftops, yeah, oh, like, and yeah. stairwells and things like that, and um... yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, it's yeah. it's a pretty pretty solid then it sort of goes to to cars and then it sort of yeah and then it goes to sort of tunnels which is as i say very dark night and they're evenly matched and actually again it's sort of what i want a team up to be that 
if you've got one superhero and and the sort of public are used to having him around, I would say or her, but for most of our history, it has been men. Um, you you would understand it not quite being like this, but this is this is Vienna, I think, and suddenly it's mayhem on the streets, and there's multiple people with enhanced abilities and stuff, and I like that. That that's really like the public would be really unsettled by that. You know oh, what I mean? Definitely, yeah. The press will have a field day. Yeah, yes, they really would. Of course, you've got to sign the accords, and and all the all the all these guys. Safe. Do... Yeah, that's basically what, what what the drive would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Zemo goes to see Bucky, pretending to be a psychiatrist, I think, and triggers him. Oh yeah, because we get like uh, they get will get arrested, don't they? And uh, and we uh, don't we yeah, have yes to learn yes to learn Russian. Don't we have the scene with um, Cap and Tony like, as he tries to sign the accord, like second go at signing the accord? Like, look. yeah, I can't remember where that falls in relation to these scenes. Cap looks like he's going to for a minute, but he thinks about it and says no. He, he, um, I Tony's mean, argument here is very sound. It's very yeah. like, you know, this is the only real game in town. It's it's less guilt ridden. It's more like it's more like man, I'm like one to one. Come on, look, just sign it. I, you know, we'll iron, iron it out together. But we'll you know we'll do it. And it's only when it it turns out that he's you know retaining uh, Scarlet Witch as if yeah. like be, because of her abilities rather than you know her as a person, which is what uh, Cap sees. He's he's he thinks no, you're detaining a person. That's wrong. And um, that will make, that's what makes him go like no, sod it. Um, but yeah, we do get the um, Zemo trigger. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you make the point about Wanda. She's effectively under house arrest, being yeah. sort of babysat by Vision, which obviously pays off in a later film because they obviously come to know each other quite well. But yeah, he, he is he is he's like dressed like something out of Mad Men when they're not at work. Really, kind of slightly old-fashioned stuff, and it, and it reminded me of Alfred when he sort of offers to buy in a pizza, and it, it just the little word doesn't sound right in his mouth at all. So that's that's all kind of quite nicely done. Yeah, yeah, he triggers him. Uh, what does he send him to do? I've kind of forgotten now. He just triggers him, doesn't he? He goes in like Winter Soldier mode, which is just basically just fire out everything. I mean, he he does set off like a he just turned. He just set off like a electron bomb, which basically turns off all the electricity, and then yes, triggers, yeah, exactly. and then, um, and then you have like the the action scene where that where he's fighting out there. Um, oh, that's right, because t- Tony has gets like a, a an Iron Man glove out of his watch, yeah. to try and stop this guy. Uh, Scarlet, uh, not Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Johansson uh, tries to sort of take him down and fails. But again, you see her fighting style is very consistent, actually. You can tell instantly, like, when it's her, you know. You know, even if Wanda was there as well, you can Im- you immediately know from fighting style which one you're looking at. Um, yeah, all of that's quite good. But again, I think it's just spreading as much mayhem as possible from what we find out of Zemo later in the film. It's just, it's, it is spread, spreading as much mayhem as possible. The whole plot he we later find temporarily he's trying to do is a red herring. He's trying to like seed pain distrust amongst the Avengers. Yeah. Because of Sokovia, we'll find out later. 
Um, yeah, Zemo was that we find out that they, they find this guy dead in the bath and basically there's a uh, a silicon mask or whatever it's made of. Basically, Bucky wasn't Bucky. The one that committed all these crimes wasn't Bucky. It's someone dressed up to look like Bucky. Um, and they that Zemo really wanted to, to find this sort of Hydra base where there are other Winter Soldiers. He says, well, I'm not the only one. And they're basically just kept there. Um, so I think Steve, I think basically Team Cap go to try to sort this out. And Yeah, you have uh, Falcon, uh, Cap, Steve yeah. and Bucky. Because they, they managed to capture Bucky, but obviously they're, now, they're all on the run now. Because they're... That's right. That was the post-title sequence from early on, uh, yeah. from the previous film, where his arm, where he was trapped by his arm. Mm. Um, yeah, I, Tony's Tony's given thirty-six hours to stop them by by Ross, basically. Yeah, I don't know why they ever ask how many how long do you need because whatever people say, they always have it. Because he says I need seventy-two hours, and he says thirty-six. It's like, well, why don't you just tell me? A, it was 36 in the first place. That would have been easier, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Dramatic effects. This actually sets all this up. That They're, they're going to... Um, they're, the team Cap are there to sort of try and uh, cap to stop all this. And Stark goes to intercept and they intercept him in Germany. But before they do that... Uh, Scott... Black Widow goes to... I think because one of the characters has the same names as one of the actresses. I'm getting confused. Yeah, yeah. Black Widow... Black Widow Scarlet says, Witch, Scarlet I'll, Johnson, I'll yeah. go and get mine, you go and get yours. And I don't know who Black Widow's was, but we know that Cap's... Uh, Tony's was Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, it, well, Cap's was Ant-Man, wasn't it? Because I, I think yes. I know a guy. But... He's got his. You yeah. get yours, not I've got mine. That's right. Yes, but, that's uh, right. I, yeah. I mean, we might, might be jumping around that's a bit here, but obviously it turns yeah. out that Hawkeye goes and uh, rescues um, Scarlet Witch. Yes. And the reason why he's come out of retirement is largely down to, like, because he feels he owes a debt to um, Quicksilver from the previous Avengers film. Right, so, gotcha. Because he saved his life in the last Yeah. He's said in passing, he says, I, 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 I owed a debt, and that's... That explains that allegiance then, because yeah. uh, if he goes to rescue Wanda, who's effectively been locked up by Tony, mm. he's immediately going to be Team Cap. Yeah. Which makes sense, which is why you then end up with Natasha and him fighting each other when they're the oldest of old friends. Again, all emotional stakes. Tony, uh, Tony goes to New York to get a young lad whose videos he's seen on YouTube. Yeah. What a talent network he's got set up. <laughs> Peter Parker. Yeah. And, and Peter uh, Parker, I remember about a year before this film, uh, Kevin Feige said, in our universe, there's a, a 14 or 15-year-old kid out there at the moment in a homemade suit. Spider-Man is out there. And that's what he meant. He's just been sort of acting of his own accord in a homemade suit with goggles on. That's all the right colours, but just kind of almost pyjamas or something. <laughs> um... And there's videos of him like stopping cars at speed, yeah. things like that. Three thousand pound cars at speed. Like I say, I think he's much stronger than those people I, I named earlier. But um, 
yeah, he gets there and he's chatting up his aunt, May. Who's now this a bit like of a hottie? They've had relations before, haven't they, off screen? They dated for a while. Two, three. I know they were, yeah, they were in a film together. They were in uh, Iraq and Yeah, a couple of films. They're in Chaplin. Um, another film which I can't remember the name of. Yeah, they, they, him and um, Marissa Tomei and RDJ. Ah. They went to the Bode Zone, did they? <laughs> it rhymes. Okay. So I Tony Stark that. has what? literally boned Aunt May. Okay, there's a fun fact, folks. Yeah. You do get awkward things like that, like where things have happened in either off screen or in different films and it gets rather confusing. Yeah. Like like in Batman Superman. Batman had done Superman's mum in a different film. Yeah, it's like hold on a minute, what's going on here? Yeah. Um I quite like all this because he's awkward. I mean, I just yeah. we'll talk about it in in future weeks. But this is this is the Peter Parker and Spider Man I always wanted. Um, yeah. We'll do Spider Man possibly this year. I don't know if we'll get to it. Spider Man is in the next few series, and I I don't like the Tobey Maguire incarnation at all. He's virtually mute in the suit, and he's really whiny out of it. And and this <laughs> this is like a kid. Who's like a kind of awkward and but really likable, and and in the suit he won't shut up and stuff like that. It's it's great. It's exactly what I wanted. Um, I, I can't I, gone... I can't imagine a better interpretation really. It, no, it, it's in I. terms of like actor actor choice because he is just a kid yeah. as well. He just looks like that that right age as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously years are going by now, but he was about nineteen when he was cast, mm. which is far far closer than they've ever got before. Um, he's just perfect. I mean, he's a he's a British actor. He's, his father's a stand-up comedian in this country. I can picture him now. But um, it, it's just yeah, perfect. And and it's all awkward because he's pretending it's something to do with a grant, and it isn't, and that sort of stuff. It's really good. But yeah, they go into his bedroom and he he finds his suit, doesn't he? Mm. And plays him videos from YouTube and basically tells him, and this is really dodgy. He tells him basically this, you know, this mission to, that he's going to take him on in Germany, and doesn't really tell him what it's about. It's just, you know, basically they're in the right, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we we only get that from Peter Parker when it, when he's. When, when, he, when, he, when he's talking midway through a fight, and for, he, yeah, he, he, he could he could explain it in more detail. He's probably not really listened that well, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know. In yeah. fairness, but yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, but I, that I, means there's a big showdown at the airport. Yeah. So and I like all this. It goes on quite long, but it, it really does work very well because we just go through so many phases. We go through the phases of them sort of staring each other down and talking. We go through sort of the early sort of attacks on each other. Then Spider-Man comes in in Nick's Cap's shield. And then we've got the sort of section with Ant-Man. And then he becomes Giant-Man. Yeah. Just so many different phases in this. And they, they've really had to think about it. Because you think, well, from what we saw in Age of Ultron, fucking Vision on his own could probably sort it out. Mm. But they've made it that that can't happen. You know what I really... You know what struck me about this, and I do mean, and when I say this, I do mean this in a good way. It did feel like, um, like kids playing with action figures, and I mean that in the best possible way. Like it worked really well. Do you, do you mean constant invention? Just in terms, yeah. It, it, I guess yes. I think you're right. 
in, t- in terms of the, in, in, in just in the in the three ideas of like all, oh, and then Ant Man will do this, and then you know, and then he'll fight off these set of people for a certain amount. Spider Man come, you know, the, these kind of like idea of like you know a bunch of kids playing with act- with the action figures and sort of like you know be, being inventive that way. That's what it kind of felt like. And the, and they the, use the environment and they use everybody. Yeah, and it would be very easy to like you know. In that analogy, a kid puts down one of his toys and forgets about it, but kids don't tend to. Yeah, they tend to like you know get all of their toys involved in stuff. So yeah, it's really really good. I don't know how much there is really to say about it in terms of its its detail. The things that stick out are Ant Man and um, and Spider Man because you've got Spider Man. Remember that really old movie, The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> oh yes, that really really old movie actually fits exactly we he, he's doing exactly something that is in that film though yeah, yeah. he hasn't just name checked it it is no, he's actually doing it in that film i don't think i will uh, say it's really like clever. no one ever refers to empire strikes back as like you know that really old movie the empire strikes back it would be hey has anyone seen empire strikes back or yeah or, or, do, you, or do you remember that time i'd probably in, be like in, oh, i'd be like that that really old movie um yeah but it'd be Citizen like Kane or you know it, yeah, it would be like, or be if you're going to be more vague, it'd be like all oh, that Star Wars film where. <laughs> to be honest, if he got his action moves from Citizen Kane, he'd just sort of lay on the bed and say, "Rosebud." Well, no, would like, he? for example, like a, a movie that I would say I would personally I would consider He's 50, really old. Yeah, the, the character's fifty. Exactly. It's going to be old for me. It's going to be old. It's old to him, isn't it? I think all Chris is saying is, "Would you refer to it as old?" Or you might say no, that, old, that old film. You might say that. Would you know you what? Go out of your way to say that it, really. Any, old? Anything that's that's twenty years plus is old. So it's it's not the fact that it's considered old. It's just like no one refers to Star Wars as you remember that old film, like Empire Strikes Back. That's just not something that I don't think anyone really says. Like it's okay. always like Me, because, old is because Star Wars is very fucking ingrained in our culture. Like. Can't, you know. it, I think it's actually the fact that the idea that you refer to an old film as though it's been forgotten, yeah. and mm. I don't think I don't I think it's in a, in the DNA of the culture so much that would you word it in a way like it's some forgotten gem? Yeah, probably but, not. Unless, ca- the unless kids Awakens are doing it these days, out. I don't oh, know. Yeah. But, the thing is, the Force Awakens came out a few months before this, so Star Wars was extremely. In public consciousness again, yeah. but as a but it kind of works and it's funny because he yeah. says, "How old, old movie? How old is this kid? I don't know. I didn't carbon date him. It's <laughs> <laughs> on the young side." Yeah. Yeah. Carbon date. That was a good line. Um, and then you've got yeah, uh, Ant Man getting into sort of Tony's, uh, getting into Tony's pants and stuff. Yeah, no, getting into his uniform and stuff like that, and then you've got Giant Man as well, which again uh, doesn't kind of make sense because he's suddenly really heavy, falls and breaks a plane and stuff. It's like that isn't how that film set that up, and he's really lumbering as well. But I like it. I like it as a visual. It's done so well as well. Mm. Especially when Paul was doing his, oh, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I like. I think what's he says at some point. I can't remember. So he does something or says something, and he says, "No problem, Captain America." He actually <laughs> he says his full fucking title, which I like. Well, he's just like he's he's just like really excited because he's like sort of like uh, it's uh, he, he gets like uh, think and thank you mixed up. Is that like, like uh, thank you, thank you? <laughs> 
Does he? Like, uh, I th- thank you, I think. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> right. He gets to be doesn't he? Well, something he? like that, yeah. It's something along those lines, but... Again, it, the merest hint of that character being forced, because they say at the very start, you'll be a criminal, you know, you'll be a, a, a fugitive and all the rest of it. And he goes, oh, well, what else is new? And I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, a year before you made a lot of progress and got back into your daughter's life. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. We're going to have to gloss over it. But yeah, nothing's ever perfect. And, and the way they handle Ant-Man in this film isn't perfect. But in the actual action, yeah, he's fine. So, uh, what it, did so in fairness, in the like, next film, it is kind of addressed, like as a kind of he, yeah, they, yeah, they did. But they created that problem, and yeah. I didn't buy that character would have let himself get into that difficulty. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, I, I, I didn't, but and and I was also surprised because I knew all these characters were going to be in it. Some of them are just at the airport. You don't really see Ant Man after this, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was a surprise on first viewing. But then. That, that's not who it, it's almost like you know they, they've got two captains and they've picked their teams just for that event mm. <laughs> and then we go back to just seeing you know the captains go about their lives but there you go it, it's okay um Rody gets we go? uh, injured as well yeah that was really well handled it was uh, caused by falcon wasn't it well it wasn't, it wasn't, because Falcon only, like, dodged, because basically uh, it was a Vision, and Vision, like, sent a blast to hit Falcon. Falcon goes, oh, shit, moved out of the way, and the blast hit Rhodey. So it was like, Rhodey... Vision is a ballet. Well, yeah. <laughs> but but when you watch it, you think, like, well, it wasn't his fault, he, ju- he just ducked, and, and Rhodey happened to be in the way. It, it was like... You've got to do it that way, though, you can't... You've got to do it that way. They can't be permanently yeah. damaging each other deliberately. Yeah, it's not like he pushed him in the way or anything like that. It was it was like, he literally goes, oh shit, and then the, Rody was in the, made yeah. Rody in the line of fire. It's a PG-13 film where we've got to like all the characters at the end of each other, at yeah. the end of this. And they've got to have a fight with each other without us thinking, my God, they're kicking each other to death. What are they doing? Yeah. So in the... In the light of all that, they handle it extremely well. All of this, yeah, and they've thrown in humor and everything. They've they've and done consequences, a really like, job with Rhodey is paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we we weren't to know at this stage Tony was just going to make him a pair of magic trousers. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, Cap and Bucky managed to get away, but essentially. Yeah, with the help of um, Scarlett Johansson. Yes, uh, Scarlett Widow. <laughs> she cha- she changes her mind at the last minute and just helps them. Yeah, and holds off uh, holds off Black Panther. So we yeah we we work it we at this point Stark finds out what I've already said that uh, Bucky was just completely framed anyway, and he heads off to the the Hydra facility. Yeah, basically. And again, they th- they think they're interrupting this big Winter Soldier program. And when they get there, that's not what it is. They're all dead. Yeah. All the all the all the other Winter Soldiers have been killed. Zemo's got rid of them all. Um, and then it, does he show the car footage? Then he does. Those there's some surprisingly really good um, CCV footage um, in the middle of a on <laughs> the middle of some country fucking road. <laughs> yeah. In the one camera, 
in 91. <laughs> the thing is, for anyone listening anywhere else in the world, I'd believe that if it was the UK, because we have cameras fucking everywhere. But like, I don't think most countries are like this, particularly in 1991. No. Like, even in the middle of nowhere, seemingly. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a crime hotspot, that, Ben. And, and, and given he's, he's a master assassin, you'd think he'd probably choose a place that didn't have a fucking camera and then decide to shoot it. Yeah, after revealing his full it. face, it's like a after stretch of road with one camera, <laughs> so we'll do it there. <laughs> oh, I, and, and, then I'll, and then I'll shoot out after everything, revealing my face. <laughs> but then I'll break the camera. <laughs> <laughs> he but, was starstruck. He was about to meet Tony Slattery. <laughs> <laughs> or John Slattery. Yeah. Uh. So and that, so at this point, sort of. Tony I, didn't, I, didn't, and... I didn't pick up on the fact that obviously um, Howard Stark actually recognises Bucky as he kills him. I didn't pick up on that, did he? Did yeah. I? I can't remember. I don't yeah, think I did. Yeah, he says Sergeant Bucky, and he just, just beats his head in. So yeah, the parents are killed. We're not quite sure where, where and why that order was, but it happened. I think it was probably just to take the theorem, but you would have thought they were if they're in the boot of the car. You can. Nick them later, but there you go. Um, yeah, I think I think the stakes of the final act here are quite good. I mean, the big I talked an episode or two ago about sort of changing the language of action cinema, and this sort of does it because the big action set piece really we've we've already had. It was it was the end of Act Two. Yeah. So th- this sort of third act it is it closes in and it's smaller and it's much more personal because what's really sad is Tony and Cap are kind of all right at this point. They've worked out, they've got a bigger purpose and they've been played and they're fine until that video plays. And so he, just he realizes yeah, Cap is in cahoots with the guy who killed his parents and has covered it up. And it's quite sensitive because it isn't fully real. Realise because when Cap says to him, oh, sorry, no, when Tony says to Cap, did you know? And he goes, no, I didn't. And he asks him again, and he goes, yeah, I kind of did. It's it. I've always got the sense of the fact that he didn't know officially, but he kind of like, yeah, I kind of instinctively Interested to hear your take, because I watched that today, and I'd forgotten that bit. I just, I always had it in my head, the shortcut version of that, which was, he knew. Yeah. But when I watched it today... I was like, all right, I don't know if this film is trying to tell me he knows or not. And actually, you'd go, well, hang on, Dave, he, he said the literal words, but the literal words don't answer it. Yeah. I, I don't know what he knew. But then, it, it, but later on, when he's sort of apologising to Tony, he's saying, well, I, can't, I didn't tell you because, which paints it very definitively, he knew. So I'm a bit confused. What do you think, Becca? Do you think he knew? Did Steve know that? Did he, Steve? What did he, he know and not know? Because I think the film is a little bit ambiguous, even though he apologises for it. Well, it's one of those Johari windows, isn't it? There are known knowns and known unknowns. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know actually. Um, maybe. I guess we don't really know. How, yeah, how yeah, it is it's very ambiguous, isn't it? That's a good point, actually. Um, trying to step back for it, I, yeah, it keeps it kind of, you know, plays his card very close to his chest. It's referencing mm. the Winter Soldier, isn't it? it that, yeah, that's the true. The fact actually, that Hydra yeah. killed Stark. So it's flashed, we go, ooh, 
and we don't know whether like that's it's presumed a lot of it is presumed but i don't think there's actually a direct um, does he kind of have that have that kind of suspicion underlying everything yeah that you know he's kind of tweaked it maybe at the, at the far reaches at the back of his mind he's like hmm do they know that he's behind it but he just hasn't hasn't confronted it i don't know that's a good question actually it I, I, I read it and maybe in that because it's not officially um, done it's more than like social awkwardness it's like well I kind of know but I kind of like know deep downside that it is true so okay and like so listeners if you have a theory about this let us know but at the end of the film would he wouldn't be saying to Tony sorry he would be saying well I didn't tell you because I didn't actually know I just had some suspicions yeah maybe he has he, yeah as you, as you say yeah. he has a suspicions he has an inkling but maybe, and that's why he's apologetic at the end but, but cat being cat thought no that's not good enough I should have at least been honest and sort of like gone well, okay, okay. alright but uh, I could be wrong that, them all off again basically doesn't it yeah as, uh, and Zebo's effectively able to not get away we'll get to what happens to him in a moment but yeah he he's not the focus from now on it's these three fighting and uh, talking as well and again the film doesn't go into any silly lines or you know arch commentary everything they say is like well done and heartfelt and i love all this i think it's some of the best work marvel have ever produced yeah the only thing i'll add though that feels really forced is the civil war front cover they forced into the into the sequence the Civil War front cover. Yeah, on the cover. You know, where, where, where Tony, where um, Iron Man's like blasting onto Iron Man, uh, Captain Shield, and you got that sort of thing. They're both clashing. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's the only thing I thought oh, um, that's a bit forced, but. But yeah, the the whole thing. You know, I, I I thought about it during Infinity War, where I was thinking nothing here has the same resonance as, I, he's my friend, so was I. You know, um, bit of a back and forth, and again, they're so evenly matched, and you've got to keep fans of the different individual franchises on board. Tony's got the beating of him at one point, and then he doesn't. Mm. You know what I mean? And it, it's really well done. It's really well done, but it does effectively end up with Tony on the verge of winning, Bucky beaten, but Bucky manages to turn things around and Steve actually loses it for a minute. He's actually smashing him around the head with the shield, Tony. And it ends up with Tony just like beaten and then gone, doesn't it? And then he speaks shit and then t- and, uh, Cap gets up, does his, I can do this all day. And I think Bucky distracts him, doesn't, doesn't he? But, and then... Yeah, no, he does. He, he um, He's about to finish him and, and he pulls on his leg. Bucky's yeah. right behind him and pulls on his leg and actually makes him miss the shot. Uh, and then he, he can wail in on Tony then. And so, then, yeah. Yeah, and then he gets a shield and breaks it and smashes um, his helmet off and then basically sort of destroys the power centre of his suit. Yeah, the shield's like ripping right through it. It's really well done. So that's the end of that fight basically and it's really cinematically done because there are scenes it's in in the trailers where they're, they're sort of wailing on tony sort of together it, it's really it's really good um at the same time the, sort of the others have sort of come along to try to catch get up with them and uh black panther has caught up with zemo and zemo yeah. basically just explains the whole thing doesn't he that it, it, 
it was never about winter soldiers i wanted and he tells them as his son, it was his son wasn't it died in it's his wife and son. I think son, it's, it's wife his family and, son. Uh, and and father. I think he mentions like you know they um, they were there, they were there and he he reassured them. He said like oh well you're miles away. It's not gonna you, you're gonna be safe. And then obviously it happened and he remembered like sort of their bodies after days. That all he wanted found. all he wanted to do was tear the Avengers apart. Mm. That was his sole goal. And so. Uh, um, He's about to shoot himself, and T'Challa stops him. Yeah, and he's taken into custody. Which is a good like character out for Chikara as well for Black Panther, even though it's not his fault. Because he, he wanted he wanted he wanted blood at yeah. the start of the film for, for for revenge for his father. So yeah, that's all really well done. And uh, we haven't mentioned Martin Freeman. Uh, that might his might be the worst American accent I've ever heard. Yeah, Martin I probably heard, heard American, worse. I I can't I can almost barely believe they cast him on the basis of that. It's so bad, and I'm not I even think they American. Cast him on the basis of the fact that he's Martin Freeman. Yeah, but cast accent him. aside. Yeah, but you could put him anywhere else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe if you wanted. He could be a British agent of Shield. It, yeah, I don't know why he has to be American, but I was. Just, I mean, I don't know how American. I think to see him in this film. I mean, he's a welcome addition to any production, but I'm like, oh, okay. To my ears, it's an embarrassment. Pleasantly I, surprised. I, I, I kind of feel sorry for him every time he opens his mouth. It was a bit like, I oh. can't believe they've put this in the film. Oh, why? His accent is that bad. Oh, because of his accent. Okay. Yeah. It's just, I'm not even American, so I don't know how no. Americans find it, but it's like hilariously poor to my ears. Um, I quite liked him in Black Panther itself, but half of that was, I was used to it, you know? Here, every time he opened his mouth, I just kept thinking, why have Ugh. they cast you? He, he He's a little bit like miscasting. You think of like, I, I don't know, um, American... Um... He's playing pretty hard in this as well, isn't he? You do this and I'll punish you sort of thing at the end. Yeah. It, it doesn't... It's not the most sensible casting. They don't get much wrong, but I think they've got this wrong. Yeah, unless they thought maybe... Plus, in fact, he's called Ross as well, which is weird. Is it Everett Ross? Yeah. Like that? Everett Ross, yeah, he's got his... Surname name for first name and <laughs> yeah. I mean he, I I figured they were setting something else up because he wasn't in this very much and Martin Freeman's a big star so probably not quite an A-lister but he's not he's not far off in the number of things he's been in mm. so I figured they were setting something up and yeah they were Black Panther but I, I just couldn't believe it and because he was only in a couple of scenes I didn't have much time to get used to it so he just kept appearing and this guy I've I've known ever since he was Tim in the office in 2001 I was about 30 basically for anyone who's never seen the British office but you see the American one Jim, John Krasinski the guy who's now in Jack Ryan and did A Quiet Place is playing an analogue of Tim who was played by Martin Freeman in the original Ricky Gervais version um, and I he, remember he, on one of the he, extras he, would have been he was saying yeah he was saying something along the lines of what just cast well yeah that would have made more sense wouldn't it but um just cast Jim. But, he, but he could have he could have done both comedy and and give a tough guy act as well so he was saying on the special features to the office he was saying something like um 
uh, yeah, it will be sad if I'm, you know, I do end up just remembered for the office, but you know, I'll have been lucky and I'm thinking the career he's had since yeah. the office is not the first thing people think of now, obviously for Martin Freeman, because, um, I mean, a couple of years later, he, he was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which wasn't very good. And then I think you would have thought at that stage, well, he would just be remembered for that as well then. But of course, since then, he was in the Hobbit films and he's been in this and then Sherlock and so on. So there's a range of stuff he's known for. But I've known him all those years. Um, he's only ever really done his own accent. And then suddenly he's turned up almost like an expanded cameo in this, doing one of the silliest voices I've ever heard. And it, I just didn't have time to get used to it. It doesn't bother me in Black Panther because he's in he's in much more of it. And I've heard it before. I was primed, you know. I heard he was going to play some agent in this. And I'm not sure if he was in any of the trailers. Certainly not speaking anyway. So the first time I heard it was like a proper scene. And it was just that bad. But yeah, he's he's basically overseeing Zemo at this stage, isn't he? At the end of the film. Yeah. Yes, is that the last scene? Where do we go from there? Uh, we have... Um, oh, oh uh, the, magic, getting, the magic trousers. getting his magic, magic trousers. Yes. Uh, yes. The Stan Lee cameo, Mr. Stank. Is there a Tony Stank? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Stank. That's stuck as well. I'm sure that joke has played again in a later film, Tony Stank. Yeah, I'm sure we hear that again. Tony Stank. Uh, and then the credit sequences are... Uh, Bucky is in Wakanda and yeah. basically decides to just be... Well, well the end is Cap breaking out everyone. The... He, he, he sends Tony a letter and, and Tony kind of like... He says, if you ever need me, just call. Yeah. And here's a phone. That was what the parcel was. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was in the main body of the film. In the mid-credit sequence, uh, Bucky is basically going to stay in Wakanda until they can cure whatever's... Co- cause this brainwashing mm. uh, or whatever the mechanism of the brainwashing is. Uh, and then I think the end credits one is Peter Parker getting a new gadget. Yeah. Um, yeah, so setting up Black Panther and Spider-Man, him coming. Which is a couple of weeks away now. And then that's uh, it. So final thoughts. All right. uh, yeah, I'll go first if you like. Um, I this is massively, massively more than the sum of its parts because all the things I said at the start are true. Some of the character introductions, one in particular, to be honest, because some of them are handled well, uh, are not handled very well, uh, namely Ant-Man. They all gather at the airport for this big fight and half the characters like disappear immediately again. Um, And yeah, it's, it's a little bit just a little bit overstuffed and a little bit of the hand waving, you know, where, where's that character? Oh, we're on a break. There was that happened in the Avengers as well. We've got to keep Jane safe, you know, so we put her two States away or whatever. Um, but for all that, it shows a, a level of heart and logic that I think most films would do very well to copy. Um, it isn't always the films that you think are going to master it that do. I point to the fast franchise where there's so much heart in those films for all of their faults, particularly the later ones, the last sort of four, if you like. I can't speak so much for the early ones because I've seen them fewer times and don't like them as much. Um, But they build their stakes and they earn their themes. You know, there are films out there, Infinity War being one of them to to a degree, where 
they just shout big numbers and expect it to mean something. Look how many people are in pain. Matter in Infinity War because it wiped out half of our universe and also it's to facilitate a part two that's coming next month anyway. But, you know, a film that was just about a, a kind of a virtual family to pick up on the sort of Fast and Furious terminology, a group of people that have worked together for three or four years and built a level of trust and respect the trust and respect that you need to do things like you see in the first scene in Lagos, where they're all doing different things and they have to trust that they'll be there when they, they need each other. That a film that is just about pulling those people apart. That's all this film's about. Broadens out some of the backstory around the Stark family. It also um, has some nice callbacks to earlier things. But this is a surprisingly small story. For such a big film and it's all the better for that you don't have to have blue beams pointing up at the sky as per the first film you the first avengers film you don't have to have whole cities being lifted up into the sky as per the second film or as per something like superman returns for that matter you can make a big film feel small and and small stakes feel big and uh, and as on that basis i think this is as well as a team up can be done. Please, Avengers Endgame, prove me wrong. I think they've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I did, you know, I did enjoy this film for all its faults, but it was one that did prove to me ultimately too busy. Um, and, and yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of like the bottom line for me. There's just like too much going on, um, and I do kind of not not too much going on, but there's just too too populous, um, all with various threads kind of running through it. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be weaker for it, unfortunately. But otherwise, pacing is quite good. Um, script, plot, form, performances. None of the performances suffer. It's just the fact that there's just too many of them, and ultimately, some are gonna fall by the wayside. So, but I I do agree with you. Actually, Spider-Man is probably one of the most un, um, underrated characters. Actually, um, obviously, having grown up with the Tobey Maguire ones, um, and now having you know various situations come through, and obviously with the new Spider-Verse movie. Um, so as a character that I definitely need to, need to go back and, and you know and reevaluate, um, but yeah, so I do you know I will rank this movie quite highly, um, obviously until I see Captain Marvel in the week, um, but for now, I did enjoy it, but too populous, a lot going on. Just as a side note, um, Spider Verse is largely about Miles Morales anyway, so it's a different Spider Man. Oh yeah, no, definitely yeah, he's, he's like the latest iteration of yeah. you know outside of Peter Parker. Well, these alliterative names, bloody hell. <laughs> Especially like me, you struggle to pronounce them. Anyway, Chris. Uh, yeah, for me, it was it. Well, it is my favourite Marvel Marvel movie uh, currently at this present time. So, I think while it does take on probably more than it can chew, uh, what amazes me is how well it justifies it all. Uh, it, it it just goes to show that nothing's impossible. I've always I would have thought this film would be overstuffed, uh, but to me, it, 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 it balances a lot of things and does it really well and has some interesting themes and doesn't repeat the same old superhero Marvel tropes. It it it, it relies on it relies and trusts on its characters and um, yeah, I, I think that's my ultimate my final word on the matter. So is that yeah? I I don't know. I mean, you if you're going to put it top of your rankings, then. The sad thing is that even the fact you know so little about it, the alleviation I feel of that would even Dave. improve it. I feel how, could clu- you, how, could, 
how can you rank it so high when you know so little? I know. If only I knew some fun facts that helped me out. Well, what would what would that change, Chris? If you're marking it at number one now, <laughs> might it might ruin it? You might learn some things you don't like. Well, that would be fun. I don't know. Let's try. Becca. <laughs> Well, just be grateful I don't have fun facts about Civil War. I was gutted. I wanted to learn all about the Spanish Civil War and shit. Spanish, British, American, or English, or American. Yeah. The, the Guns N' Roses album. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, song. <laughs> that's true. That song. <laughs> that yeah. song, yeah. Just like, just like one particular song. Opening song of Huge Revolution 2. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Anyone listening to this will have heard it on the trailer, though, so anyway, carry on. Obviously. What's, what's so civil about war, anyway? Yeah, starts off with Cleave on Little, that song. Anyway, carry on. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, except not in a West Country accent. Except that wasn't Cleave on no. Absolutely nothing, we live in a new one, charter. Oh, what rubbish. <laughs> That's uh, Bill Bailey doing uh, <laughs> <Kobe> Edwin <laughs> Star. <laughs> wah! <laughs> Hello, we're Slayer. Hello. <laughs> we are Guns N' Roses. We come from, there are people who actually talk like that. So, yeah. It's not really a fun fact, as I know we've talked about it already, um, but I think that's really cool. Obviously, at the end of this film, it's got to set up both Spider-Man, colon, Homecoming, um, and Black Panther. Um, and plus, at the very end of the credits, there's a statement saying, Spider-Man will return, <laughs> which I think is very cool. And obviously, there was... Um, Obviously, a gap being in the Bond film, so that kind of like fills a minor, you know, Bond-shaped gap for me. That at the end of these films, they'll have superhero will return. So I think that's a remember very nice. When, touch. Remember when Bond gaps were filled with fucking Bond films? Yeah, don't have that at the moment. Marvel is plugging that gap. There we go. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, so contract number two, I guess. Um, I didn't realise, but Tom, Tom Holland is like the youngest actor to portray Spider-Man or Peter Parker. Um, in this film, he's in 19. Yes, that's because Toby Maguire was 57. Yeah, he was like 30 and, uh, old, he was nearly 40. I think both of them were about... I think on time of casting, both Maguire and uh, Garfield were of something like 27 when yeah, cast. Yeah, but they, they've got you know quite good genes and youthful looks, definitely. But yeah, in, in terms of you know physical age, which I didn't realise, I think that was quite interesting. Except Toby Maguire, who I refuse to pay a compliment. <laughs> so he looked shit, was shit, and was too old. But he's been in other things in which he's done a better job, so... Like Sea Biscuit. <laughs> Carry on. And that film with Michael Douglas. Wonder um, Boys. That was a good film. That was a good film. So that's two. There we are. Anyway, fun fact number three. Um, the film coincides with the 75th anniversary of Captain America, 10th anniversary of the Civil War comics, and Black Panther's 50th anniversary. So a lot of anniversaries around this film. Um, fun fact number four, it's the longest Marvel movie. Nearly two and a half hours. Until at the time of recording. At the time of recording. Until next time. And it will be an almighty epic three hours. Yeah, until Infinity War, which was two hours and 29 minutes from end to end. But coming soon, there'll be another fun fact about how the next one is the longest. Yeah, we don't know yet. They haven't locked Final Cut. I mean, they've, they've cut. They've, they've finished cutting. So there is a version. But until it's submitted to the BBFC, we, we don't know what no. the version released. It, it might so, be different. Yeah. And then Not there might the be an uncut version doing the rounds. Um, I still think it's amazing how, like, in the Bond canon, you've got, like, the longest, uh, the shortest next to the, long, well, the then longest, which I think is good fun. That's always interesting to see. 
Um, and then fun fact of the day, my final fun fact for this film. Um, Chris Evans actually injured his arm doing that famous bicep curl, um, trying to stop the um, the chopper. Probably like it is an hour and nine minutes, hour and ten minutes into it. Um, apparently, it's well, it does look as if it's so. Quite an so he's flexing, hanging position. on the chopper, yeah. Basically, <laughs> he's damaged his biceps uh, pulling on a chopper. Like yeah, spinach <laughs> by trying to stop the uh, stop the helicopter. Um, they just wanted to show. Pull like, it pulls on Bucky's chopper. Yeah, <laughs> still it it got Becker off, so it was totally worth it. Oh, not really. Uh, on one on one hand, it was the you know, first thing you said. Welcome to tonight's podcast. For his <laughs> I'm no paraphrasing, but that's about right. <laughs> I'm there doing the Vic Greaves, you know, stroking my thighs. Um, no, I think on one hand, obviously, it is a bit of. I, I did. I saw that at the cinema and did kind of roll my eyes and was like, "Oh, gun show!" But also, it shows off, you know, kind of raw physical power and his determination to, you know, stop him getting away. It's not obviously it's through like you know enhancement, but it's just literally fear, sheer physical determination. Um, fear, she's fear. Ah, I can't speak. I'm so enamoured with it. Um, I put it to you: you killed her in a writ of felis jage. <laughs> Unpronounceable. Lots of spinnerisms going on, so you know. Yeah, but no, it just goes to show how much he suffers for his art, and that he actually sadly injured himself shooting the scene. Okay, I didn't know that. So I've I've so learned that, yes, fact. something. Chris, is it still at number one now? Now you're informed. It's bottom of the list now. Oh, <laughs> fuck <laughs> sorry. Becca. Sorry. <laughs> Next week kidding. for Doctor Strange, I'll do fun facts about doctors. Well, you can't you can't but improve that film for me. But we'll see when I rewatch it. I, I don't remember liking that film at all. I I think a whole better than you think, but I I, I think it, we'll see. It's got two Benedicts in it, so you know two for the price of one. Oh well, it's brilliant then. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, now you've ruined Chris's rankings. I guess we just do social media and go home then. Mm. You can find me at <laughs> Passenger Nineteen Seventy Six on Twitter. Uh, you can find all the. Old podcasts at, um, at the website cinematrikes.co.uk. All the old ones, like as old as the Empire Strikes Back, as in like the Bond films, which I can't remember. That really old movie, which I can't remember them anymore because it's been that old since I've saw one because they've got, you know, won't fucking release any. Bond, what were they? Oh, exactly. They're really old films. Were they on like cine film or something? Uh, something about He's a spy or something. Just, just, oh, right. ju- just think like Mission Impossible, but you know. Older and British, but they don't actually make them. Correct the handle. <laughs> no, not no, not the moment though. Yeah, okay. Taking too long. We'll be sat there in about 2021, I think it is, and we'll have had since like Spectre, we'll have had like three Mission Impossible films to one Bond, probably. One you know. Bond, maybe. We'll have Tom Cruise in his Zimmer, and then, like. <laughs> <laughs> He'd still get out and run once a film. <laughs> <laughs> Where else can we find you, Chris? Anything else you want to tell us? So it's the website, cinematronics.co.uk. Yeah, and Cinematronics on Twitter. Okay. You, you can follow me there, even though I don't tweet. But yeah, <laughs> you can find me there. Send me a nice message, why not? So, uh, listeners, that's your mission for the week. Send Chris a nice message. Watch me get a load of abuse now. <laughs> <laughs> Send messages about how nice he is. Yeah, but it's, this isn't out till next weekend, so it's going to be eight to ten days till you start getting abuse. <laughs> oh, good. I so can, you can, you can You can enjoy next week. 
<laughs> anyway, in between sending Chris lovely messages, you can send us slice. Send us nice messages. And send us slice. <laughs> send us a slice of cake, please. Cup of tea and a slice of cake. <laughs> Cup of tea, a slice of cake out, Sally. Did I ever yeah. tell you the story about when my uncle met Wurzel Gummidge? I met Wurzel Gummidge, I was two. Oh dear, it used to terrify me. But yes, you can follow us on Twitter at Expect Us to Talk. You can drop us an email if you'd like to expect us to talk at gmail.com. You can also find us on the YouTube. If you type in Do You Expect Us to Talk, you can find us on there. Um, you can find us on Podbean, um, iTunes. If you're listening to us on iTunes, a lot of our um, early episodes are mysteriously disappearing. So it's probably best to head over to Chris's website, cinematronics.co.uk, and check us out there. But if you do listen to us on iTunes, please kindly give us a five-star review as it helps us to attract more listeners and rank higher in the charts. Thank you. Why is all garbage? The ultimate collection is a hunt is two hundred quid on Amazon. Bloody hell! Is it I'll, signed by John Pertwee? I won't be buying that. No, I oh, probably won't. Did it come with a free? They were going to make a new one, weren't they? I don't know who was involved. There was going to be a remake. God, do we re- do we need a remake? Oh, yeah, I, I saw it somewhere on the interwebs. We're not going to get any new series in the original continuity, to be fair. Well, no. Ah, uh, well, well. And unless Sean does it, <laughs> which is highly unlikely. Any okay. stuff is still going. Yeah. All right. So, where does that I didn't see us? it was being remade. Adaptations. This, this conversation's got very strange which is apt becca yes yeah, so next week do you expect us to talk we'll return with our review of a doctor strange <laughs>